morning, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Fee Compass Gem Sessions podcast. I'm Mario Guido, and I will be your host today. Today, we welcome Silvia Michelini, Director at the European Commission's Directorate General for Agriculture and Rural Development. With Silvia, we will talk about the adoption by member states of the Common Agricultural Policy Strategic Plans. We will also discuss the role that financial instruments under the European Agricultural Fund for Rural Development, the EAFRD, can play in the future. Welcome, Silvia, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Mario, and good morning to our listeners. And thanks to FICOMPAS for organizing this second podcast on EFRD financial instruments. So, Silvia, the trilogues between the European co-legislators on the legislative framework for the new CAP are at a final stage and the discussions are expected to be finalized before the summer. Could you please tell us more about the state of play in the preparation of the CAP strategic plans? Indeed, Mario, we are at a key point for the CAP reform process and we, indeed we hope to close the agreement very soon. And in the meantime, we are working very intensively with the member states for the preparation of their CAP strategic plans. These CAP strategic plans are very important for us. They are strategic documents where the member states are going to present the assessment of their needs, their strategies, and also the mix of interventions they want to use to reach their objectives, of course, which are the ones of the common agricultural policy. So these strategic plans are not only planning tools, they are also strategic tools where we want to see the ambition of member states in reaching the CAP objectives. And also we want to see a particular focus on environment and climate in line with the European Green Deal. Now, if you ask me about the state of play of this preparation uh, in the different member states, I would tell you that it's different depending on the different member states. But what is sure is that we are working with all of them in the framework of a dialogue, which we call a structured dialogue. And this is because we want to work intensively early on in this informal phase. You know, the timing is very stretched because we need to work informally this year. And at the end of the year, we expect each member state to submit to the Commission their draft plans. And then next year, we are going to work on the assessment of the plan, and we want to adopt them by the end of next year. So from 1st of January 2023, the new Common Agricultural Policy will be there in force. Thank you, Silvia. It's nice to see that member states are already working on the new programming period. From your side in the Giagri, how do you help member states to prepare for the new CAP strategic plans? And in particular, how important are the recommendations that the Giagri is providing to the member states? We are doing quite a lot of things to uh, support the member states in this process. Indeed, we have installed this uh, structured dialogue I was mentioning before. So we are in real close contact with the representatives of the member states. We have organized many workshops, expert groups to support them in the preparation of the CAP plans, and we will continue to do so throughout the next uh, period. And indeed, you recall the recommendations to the member states. Last December, the Commission adopted 
recommendations to each and every member state in uh, relation to the common agricultural policy objectives. We analyzed the situation in each member state and we came up with suggestions on how to cope with the different elements of the common agricultural policy objectives so as to help member states identify their needs and the mix of interventions, but also to help us in a way in the assessment of the common agricultural policy plans when they will be submitted. Regarding the new programming period, a lot was said about the new delivery model. Can you tell us more about this new approach? I would say a key word for this new delivery model of the common agricultural policy is performance. Indeed, we focus on performance orientation of the future plans. We want them to be based on a sound intervention logic. We want also to ensure the member states fix their objectives and also the way they will reach them. This may sound not particularly new for rural development because in a way we are used to strategic programming there. But it's a novelty with regard to the overall common agricultural policy, as most of the common agricultural policy tools will be under the CAP plan. Another element, I would say, is also the flexibility, which is left to the member states, more flexibility than in the past to design the mix of interventions needed to reach the objectives of the common agricultural policy. And also, um, I would say a lot of uh, synergies are gained in this process between what we call the first pillar of the common agricultural policy, so mostly direct payments, but also markets, and what we call the second pillar, rural development. For example, we are looking at more synergies in the area of what we call the green architecture, so the focus on climate and environment, but also, for example, on generational renewal. You mentioned a very important point, generational renewal. We talked about this a lot in our recent FICOMPAS webinars. What role will young farmers play in the future, especially in the context of the long-term vision for rural areas? And would you agree that member states should set up financial instruments specifically for young farmers? Indeed, Mario, uh, this is a very important point. We want to increase the number of young people entering farming. We are not happy with the current numbers. If we look at them, farmers below the age of 35 years are just 5% of all managers, while those above 55 years are about 58%. And we want to change that. Therefore, we want to help member states devote more efforts to these important objectives because more young people entering farming means also more young people in rural areas. So this also means having more lively rural areas. So we have asked the member states to devote a share of amounts of funds under their payment to interventions which are focusing on young farmers. And they can uh, decide whether to use the first pillar tools, top-up payments, or installation grants under the second pillar or both of them, in the perfect mix, they find opportune based on their specific situation. And indeed, I see, as you mentioned, a strong uh, role for financial instruments. One of the main um, difficulties for young farmers is the access to finance. And therefore, I see really an important role for uh, financial instruments and responding to the concrete needs identified by the member states following the the analysis they will do. Here, I would like to refer to an important study which was uh, prepared last year on the needs of financing on agriculture and agro-food sector. And there, we see really that there is an important gap and that we can help with financial instruments. And already now, young farmers 
are a target group in our financial instruments in the sense that they are often given better conditions, for example, lower interest rates. Indeed, the young farmers and generational renewal are also key issues in the framework of an important political initiative which uh, will be adopted very soon in the next uh, few days. It's the Commission Communication on the Long-Term Vision for Rural Areas. It's an initiative for which our Commissioner, Commissioner Wojciechowski, in charge of agriculture, is in the lead, working together with Commissioner Ferreira, who is in charge of cohesion, and also under the coordination of uh, Vice President Schuitzer, who is responsible for uh, demography and democracy. And indeed, uh, this commission communication will uh, set out the vision of what we want rural areas to become in the perspective of 2040 and all the different steps to get there. And indeed, generational renewal is going to be also uh, important as we know that this is one of the challenges of rural areas. And this is not something which we are developing uh, in Brussels. We have actually opened up a wide consultation of stakeholders and citizens. We have organized a lot of events. So this is a real participative process in which we have involved citizens as part of this process, which is a real bottom-up one. Very interesting. We look forward to this new communication then. Support for young farmers is very important and it's nice to see the commitment of DigiAgri in helping fresh energies entering the sector. The EU Green Deal and the promotion of a green transition are key priorities for the Union, including under the CAP. Digital transition is also another very relevant objective. How do you think the EU rural development policy will contribute to these goals? And will financial instruments supported under the CAP play a role to help achieve these policy objectives? Mario, you refer to the Green Deal, which is indeed uh, the important growth strategy of the EU, and agriculture and the common agricultural policy will do its part. Last year, we published two strategies the biodiversity strategy and the farm-to-fork strategy, which uh, look at how to make agriculture and uh, agro-food sector greener and also how to make a food system fairer, healthier and also more environmental friendly. We set up a number of targets linked to this uh, green transition, but we also looked at the aspect of the digital transition because we want the green and digital transitions to go together hand-in-hand. To give you an example, for the green side, we uh, propose a target of uh, reaching 25% of areas covered by organic farming by the year 2030. And for the digital transition, we have uh, an important aim to have all rural areas under access uh, with fast broadband by 2025. So once in place, the future common agricultural policy will further boost the green and digital transition. And we have several instruments for that. We have area-based payments looking at practices um, by farmers, but we also have investments and other tools which can be used for that. And in this context, I really believe that financial instruments are there to help. They really enable the potential of agriculture to respond to these ambitious targets. For example, they can finance uh, technological investments, research, innovation. They can help looking at riskier uh, types of projects involving, for example, digital solutions, energy-saving machineries, equipments, and so on. And we have seen a lot uh, of take-up of financial instruments in this area, and we hope to see even more with the programming of financial instruments in the future common agricultural policy strategic plans. And for sure, we need that. 
Last year, we prepared a study looking at the financing gap in agriculture and agro-food sector, and we looked at a figure which is between 20 and 47 billion of euro for agriculture uh, in the EU. And this was before the pandemic. And you can imagine that the pandemic crisis has not really helped to fill the gap. So indeed, we need more financial instruments in the future. For sure, there is a lot of work to do under the new cap, but at the same time, it's nice to see that there are many interesting novelties that can help open up new opportunities. Now, looking at the current programming period, we know that there is a transitional period for the EFRD programs with rules that have been already approved and are in place. Now, I would like to ask you, uh, what impact do these rules have on already existing financial instruments? Indeed, we set up transitional rules to cover this year and next year so that support to farmers can continue waiting until uh, the uh, common agricultural policy uh, cap plans to, to kick in in 2023. So we have also new funds, uh, of course, to support this, this transition, funds which come from the multi-annual financial framework, the MFF, but which also come from the next generation EU with a direct injection into the rural development funding. Therefore, with this transition, financial instruments can continue to operate during this year and next year. And this is very important because I, I believe that continuing to work on this will lay the foundation for the future plays of financial instruments in the CAPOS 2020. Therefore, financial instruments indeed are, are there. And we see a lot of uh, things happening even during this period. For example, uh, in Greece, there was an operation starting in March this year. We have also countries like Bulgaria, Lithuania and Latvia, where financial instruments will become operational later this year. So I see this transitional period as a very positive period with a positive impact also for the future. At the moment, we have 31 financial instruments operating and 760 million euros public resources programmed for financial instruments. More than 5,100 guarantees and loans are given out, supporting 645 million euros of underlining loans, a number that more than tripled since 2019. We've also seen increased demand by farmers for both investment and working capital since mid-2020. Some of these investments have already a very high leverage level. For example, in, uh, in the case of one financial instrument in Italy, Friuli Venezia Giulia, we have already a leverage of 20. And in uh, another case in France, we are close to 10. So our expectation, which is this important leverage, is really to manage to reach 2 billion euros of underlining loans by the end of this period, which would be really a great success for the policy and a very good foundation for the future. So this experience for me is vital, and we believe that member states, uh, with this positive feedback and positive momentum, can continue to use financial instruments in the future, as, as I said, farmers' uh, demands are permanently growing. Thank you very much indeed, Silvia, for these very interesting insights and for sharing your expectations for the future. It was a real pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you, Mario, for this opportunity. And I'm looking forward to the new FICOMPASS program and what we can do to facilitate the use of financial instruments under the FDAP. Thank you again, Silvia. And a big thank you also to our listeners for tuning in today for this new episode of the FICOMPASS GEM Sessions. If you have any questions or you want to suggest a new podcast topic, please send us an email at info at 
Don't forget to follow us on social media and to subscribe to the podcast on the main podcasting platforms. I wish you a very nice day.